Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Supported by thegeldedend.com. To browse and buy vintage lead shirts, player-signed prints, and classic memorabilia, go to thegeldedend.com. The Square Ball. By the fans, for the fans, since 1989. To buy the magazine, read the blog, and to download the podcast, visit thesquareball.net. We knew we were in for a stressful summer, but I don't think anybody expected this. Canadians, Americans, shakes, the takeover questions are still unanswered. Except we seem to have taken over Portsmouth FC now. Hello and welcome back to the Square Ball Podcast. And joining me in the studio, Michael. Hello. Moscow White. Hello there. And Oddie. Hello. Let's get the sales pitch out of the way first. Go. It's, uh, it's no longer an award-winning fanzine that we're selling. I think we need to get that out of the way first. But still exactly the same price. There'll be no price for it. No, no price. Yeah, we're not, we raised the price when we won the award. It wasn't because we won the award. Of course it was. It was. It was pure coincidence. <laughs> Milk them. Oh, you're telling all the secrets Bleed now. them dry. Yeah, well, it, it's one issue one of our magazines. It's coming out on Saturday against Wolves, isn't it? Available to buy at the ground and online. Me, £1.50 at the ground. Yep. Plus... You get to see Michael already face to face, whereas online uh, it's because you're not meeting them face to face. That's that's the fifty p <laughs> difference. <laughs> so it's just a quid for the uh, the digital version. It's got the answer about who's taken us over. It's, well, should we do all this at the back end of the podcast? We'll quickly just mention the subscriptions. Uh, quick rundown of the prices, please. UK twenty five pounds. Um, in Europe, it's £33, which the overseas prices were actually just kept the same as last year due to mainly disorganisation. <laughs> because, <laughs> because we didn't notice postage had gone up. Yeah, it's gone up, but we're keeping it the same. There's not enough There's not enough of you to worry us. <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we do welcome and uh, cherish every one of our international readers. <laughs> that's very true, and that's why... Even if they don't give us enough, giving them as much a, money. We're giving them such a great deal. Uh, rest of the world, £40, and the digital ones is just £10. How much are we losing per throw? <laughs> is, if we come over here taking our mags <laughs> Ken wouldn't be pleased at least stay way. over there taking our mags that's the problem if they came over and got them we wouldn't have to spend money on stamps don't forget that your subscription includes online access to back issues from the past three seasons including the current issue and all the issues from this season uh, it's all available at the squareball.net right let's get all the housekeeping stuff out of the way first Michael got married congratulations well done thank you thank you I thought we were going to go along with the idea I hadn't you know like how boy bands they pretend oh. they're not in relationships to keep to keep the female fans interested. Yeah, and we're not doing that. No, but there's, you've also got to pretend that you're a bit gay as well, just to keep the pink pound coming in, uh, as it were. That's no, that's no issue. Who's doing that one? So yeah, congratulations. Yeah, um, well done. 
he's off the shelf. That's it. Tied up for for life. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> I've made it just, quite. I've made it quite clear I can get a divorce. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a reprieve. I was just going to say she's not having your twenty-year season ticket. She's not having that. No, no, the, the, that's that's you get secure. ten years each. Christ, she's welcome to them. And I, I've got a new job, haven't I? Which has well a slight, slight detriment to it, which is that I can no longer watch Leeds. Are you going to play your your sweep that you were I'm playing to us just before? I've been given my own sweepers. Dan Moyland. Because I work at Radio Air now. Unfortunately, they've given me Saturday afternoons to do, which. Uh, has the advantage of me not having wasted a season ticket because I let mine lapse last year, but it means I can't go watch any Saturday three o'clocks. So I should actually get to watch quite many a good number have of we, matches. Have we got any Saturday three o'clocks in the next six months? <laughs> Probably not. But anyway, so yeah, you, you lot will have to keep me updated with exactly what's going on when I can't watch the games. Wouldn't you be busy playing records and talking about pop music? <laughs> I meant away from actual work but anyway uh so yeah we didn't win the award did we the the football sports federation sadly not no no we got down to the final six uh yet again we went for a for a night out in london we got down to the final two in in, in my mind <laughs> yeah technically we're joint second <laughs> yeah. the, the way i look at it is because we we lost to united we stand which is the um the scummers fan scene which has been going even longer than we haven't so i actually thought it'd win last year the way i'm looking at it is it's like 1991 92 season where last year we beat them to the award that they hadn't won in 18 years. And then, so it was only, I mean, this year, I know you say we were down to the last two, 17th, really, I have in mind, is how we finished. <laughs> and, and we signed Frank Strandley soon to write for us. Whereas they won it, and uh, and we'll probably win it every year for the next 20. Um, so <laughs> Until have, Blackburn buy one. We have to mention the fact that somebody, I'm not sure, was it in this group that uh, sent drinks over for the winners, which was the scumbags? Uh, it was who, who insisted on that because I was against it. That was me being sporting because we we slagged off the Scousers so much last year. For I mean, admittedly, that was in, to, in be more, to be more sporting than them, we would have just had to not threaten to kill them or whatever. Yeah, but, we last year when we won, there was there was outright hostility from uh, the Liverpool contingent and rumours of well, there was claret was going to be spilt and all that. So we thought this year a little bit more dignified. Show show people how to lose. I was still against and buying then, <laughs> drinks from Man United fans. I don't agree with it. Uh, well, yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, other highlights was that we went out in London afterwards. It's expensive, is that London, isn't it? It is a bit, yeah. Uh, Oddie, you went missing. Can you shed any light on where you went for several hours between approximately 1am when we put Moscow to bed in a pile of vomit and you oh, getting back about... the vomit came later. Well, uh, we put you to bed at about 1 o'clock and Oddie, you waltzed in at about half three. Where have you been? I can't comment. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Because you can't remember or because it's too sordid to talk about. Um Are you pleading the Fifth Amendment here? No, no. Don't really. make us <laughs> don't make us produce the tweets in this courtroom. <gasps> I walked into work on the Monday morning and um for everybody to read my tweets as I walked in. Fantastic. You still got a job, you say? I still got a job apparently, yeah. Good, good, good. So yeah, you were you were sick in your own bed and just laid in it, Moscow, which I thought was excellent. Yeah, then I got up and had a drink. I mean, it had been you, all, did, you, you, you took eventually no, took no change of clothes either. Oh, I didn't think I'd need one because I wasn't expecting to be sick on myself. Um, yeah, you slept for twelve sleep. hours, three of well, which while we were still out. I'd had a long, <laughs> tiring day. You did get us thrown out of Weatherspoons. It's, it, it takes an incredible amount to get thrown out of Weatherspoons. I've seen well, some I'll, of the people that hang around in Weatherspoons. Clearly, it does. I'm sure if I had been fighting with somebody I would have been invited to sit down and have all the drinks I wanted. But just because I was having a little power nap. 
They somehow thought that I was bringing the tone of the establishment down. I'm being down. carried around like a rag doll because you couldn't stand up. <laughs> a weekend well. at Bernie's theme. And just yeah, just to, <laughs> cap it, just to cap it all off, we missed the train back. Not pointing any fingers, but that was your fault, that, Michael. That was my fault. fault. That was my fault, yes. yes. Read the train As tickets we casually walked yep. into King's Cross at five past four, <laughs> watching a train go out yeah. that we should have been on. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't go to half four. We'll just sit here and have a drink and watch the tennis. No problems, no yeah. problems until the train of bloody god. But um, that's where your yes, my diplomatic skills with Tom the train guard worked. I won't say what I had to do to get us on that train. We'll the, never speak of it again. Diplomacy is one word for it. <laughs> yeah, but thank you, Tom the train guard, for getting us back to Leeds in a terrible heap of a mess. To be fair, Tom only got us to Doncaster. It was then that that other guy that gave us a turn the blind eye. He was a very cheery when we were all trying to ignore, pretend we hadn't got on at Doncaster. Yeah. And he, he oh, we were all asleep. He boomed down the train. Anybody got on at Doncaster or man enough to admit it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got back. We didn't win. So we would just like to say for the record that awards mean nothing. And it's all about the taking part, isn't it? The one we won went something. And we yeah. certainly took part. Good. Anyway, so let's move on. Let's do uh, the pre-season white watching. What a strange trip it's been. Probably the highlight of pre-season. We'll get on to, to Shrewsbury in a minute, which is the first proper match of the season. Not technically pre-season. No, of course not. Technically yes, season. You will have to uh, forgive me. The highlight of pre-season, apart from the trip to Norway and whatnot, was the trip to the southwest. Very sunshiny. France, um, as I call it. Yep. I refuse to regard <laughs> it as part of the United Kingdom. Was the trip to the southwest, Devon and Cornwall. Very sunny, lots of cider, lots of Leeds fans. What a heady combination. And let's speak to a man who was down there. He's on got a head trip. like Neil Aspin. He has as well. Uh, we've get him on the phone now. Adam Job. Adam. Hello, I'm very well. How's the uh, podcast going? Have you got enough misguided rhetoric to fill the hour yet? Oh. We, just re- <laughs> we just referred to, I hope you don't mind, but we said you had a head like Neil Aspin as we were building up to this. Well, you did. as, as build-ups go, it's not one of dreams of, you know, really. <laughs> Talk to us about the trip to the southwest, if you could. It's probably one of the best Leeds Tour experiences I've ever had. It was... Um, it's almost worth staying down in the championship for again next year, because it's promised a five year five um, five days in Cornwall getting pissed out of our schools again. It's even worth keeping an older one, I can I'm not sure uh Moscow would be too pleased about that. But yeah, it was a very, very fine trip. The bits I can remember of it at least. So you've not got an awful lot of uh, insightful tactical analysis for us. Is that um, what no. is that what you're saying? No, to be honest, I'm struggling on insightful tactical analysis on the games I was sober at, but I can remember some of Tavistock, or most of Tavistock, but Bodmin, I, I told people the following day that it finished 2-0, and apparently it finished 4-0. <laughs> and we were sat with our legs actually dangling on the netting when A.D. White scored in the second half, and none of that registered. Oh, yeah, Bodmin and Torquay are a bit of a hazy mess. I gather your uh, your Bates Out flag is becoming quite a celebrity on the uh, the away tour scene. Um, well, it's not mine, uh, first of all, before I get lynched. Um, Mr. Wee beat the scum 1-0 is responsible for that, I think. I believe it got its first foul of fame back, in, back on Sky Sports just towards the end of the season. Oh, Blackburn. Blackburn, Wigan. Yes, but we, we saw him at the Farsley game and he bequeathed it to us for the tour. Ah, I see. Right, so you just took it on loan and then gave it a little tour around the country. That's very generous of you, actually. Yeah, being the Leeds United way, I thought taking it on loan would be the most appropriate. <laughs> is it correct that you were told to take it down as well? By, by the Weatherspoons, yes. Well, we've already mentioned Weatherspoons on here, and there are sort of persona non grata at the minute, so why did they make you do that? Um, I can only associate the corporate Nazis. <laughs> but to be fair, the Weatherspoons in Torquay, um, we had policemen help put it up there. <laughs> well, we've seen the recent outcome of the court case, so uh, that would explain it. Yeah, they didn't charge, did they? No, apparently it was 
far from the outskirts of Torquay's ground. So <laughs> it's not a football no related. On that. So is there anything you can tell us about this Southwest trip that would give us an indication about what to expect for the season ahead, other than we're going to drink a load? To put it another way, are we going up? Um, well, side puts me to mind of the George Graham era, which you, I can sense you now all slouching back in your chairs in despair. But he seems to have got a plan worn up to me. As He's got it right at the back. He's got the keeper and he wanted, and he looks sound. We finally sorted out our defence and we've got our workmen like midfield, but we don't look an awful lot like scoring. And so it's not as bad as this season when Graham came in and stabilised us and we looked like we might go down, but I think we only conceded something like 38 goals and stayed up. I think we're halfway between that point and his next season when we brought in Hasselbank and Kewell and Boyer emerged. I don't think we're going to get beaten overall and over at all, but I can't see us scoring enough goals at the moment. Give us one particular highlight then from the uh, Southwest trip that you care to share with us. Was it in a wheelchair? Yeah, well, I was about to say, I did get prompted by email of um, a scum fan on a mobility scooter. I should correct you. Oh, OK. Um, we had the Weatherspoons, as we say. We had the, the police and the staff seemed to be rather a lot nicer, especially bearing in mind it was very central. It was overlooking the harbour and it was adjoining a shopping centre and the Leeds fans and the flags spanned out onto the pedestrian footbridge, so... We're all quite tolerant round there, but there's a little dual carriageway that runs under the footbridge. And, um, well, anybody with a scum shirt, as you'd expect, got loads of grief. So we just heard a load more commotion and just assumed it was someone else. But then we heard a little um, air horn klaxon sort of thing. And we looked down and we noticed a little, little guy about 60 with a pink faded Man United um, baseball cap on. He had, I think he had MUFC written on in a marker pen as well, just to make it completely apparent. <laughs> And he kept going by the lead stand, sounding this klaxon. Did it two or three times, and then the song ceased, and the beer started going overboard and onto the due carriageway. Nobody in danger because we had the plastic glasses, but eventually the police did step in. But it was only when he came down the due carriageway again, but in the wrong direction, straight in the face of the oncoming traffic. Well, I think I'd call him a local celebrity, but the official quote from a policeman was, he's a bellend and a pain in the arse. So. On which note, we've got to wrap that up then. Thank you very much, Adam. Okay, then. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers, Adam. That story has a happy ending because the man was smashed to bits by a lorry. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to catch up with more of Adam's uh, tales from the Southwest, there's an excellent blog on it with some great photos, uh, not to mention some that are going to feature in the first issue of our magazine on Saturday. Yeah, buy the magazine and read it there, then then look at the blog. (laughs) That's the right order to do. It's um, fear and loathing in LS11 is what Adam does, and it's it's never less than... uh, um, average <laughs> especially when he's putting photos of me pissed on there anyway and from the southwest, we've popped over to Norway and we've got some more pre-season action in over there then back here and then the season started didn't it last week I love the way you just yes. dismiss the rest of pre-season we popped over to Norway <laughs> and then that was it we've been to Admit, Preston like, and Burton and yeah there's, there's been other games you, was, you were saying to me at the weekend that it's the first pre-season in years you've not actually gone yeah due, due to my um, interfering wedding and honeymoon. I thought you were going to say what? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, I could have said that. Um, yeah, I've not, I've not seen any games this year, which was uh, unusual until the until Slippery the big slope. one. Until the big one. I saved myself for the big Shrewsbury game. <laughs> yes. 
Um, so Shrewsbury, yeah, 4-0 win and a good start to the season. I'm not sure where the goals are going to come from. Their defender, yeah. mainly. He he was. I think he was certainly credited with three of them. The, the nonchalant chest back to the goalkeeper that he tried to do. Well, um, it, it wasn't even back to the goalkeeper. He did a little sort of a, a twist. He was trying to chest it off away from goal. Oh, right. But I it, it, so looked, it just, it just looked kind of like off. dancing, really. It was... <laughs> Bad dancing. I mean, if we, we've been looking for where the creativity is going to come from, and it was that goal summed it up. Give it to Rodolfo, let him just hammer it at the goalkeeper so hard they can't catch it, <laughs> and then Becchio can just ping it in. Brute force. Yep. So all in all, in uh, goals from Becchio, Varney, Norris, and McCormack uh, from the penalty spot. Debuts for just about everybody in a white shirt. Almost. We'll do more on the ins and outs in a bit, but generally, how did we play overall? I've really got no idea. I mean, I sat and watched it all quite soberly. But I couldn't really tell you <laughs> what the what the point of it was. We were we were not very good. I didn't think they in certainly in the opening ten or fifteen minutes they had the better of it. They had like five decent chances in the first half hour, and we'd had nothing. Yeah, um, and then obviously their defender intervened and and saved us more or less. Come on, lads, it's Leeds United. <laughs> but I, I was not convinced by us. We looked like a team that had hardly played together. Mm. Yeah, well that's we, well they have just for Portsmouth. Well, yeah. that's one of the things. <laughs> that's worried me about Warnock pre-season is when he said he's not going to even talk about tactics until <laughs> the week, until I think he said before the Burton game, which on one point, fair enough, because he's he wants to get as many of his actual players that are going to play in as possible. But on the other hand, you might want to maybe mention some aspects of, of football to them. Because if they'd spent all pre-season playing the most wondrous ticky-tacky football that... Leeds United have ever seen and then it came to the Burton Albion game like right lads here's what we're doing this season route one but then having seen that um, photograph of the whiteboard from the from was it the West Ham game last rash, season rash 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 rash, rash, rash. rash. mixer rash mixer you wonder, you wonder how much he actually has to tell them it just looked like we're just going to lump it forward and McCormack can do what he wants it wasn't as bad as it was at the end of last season in, no. in his defence it was until Michael Brown came on <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work for me really having Green and Varney was kind of nominally playing out wide and neither of them really did. They both were drawn inside an awful lot. Green in particular never seemed like he was uh, actually wanting to play out there. No, Varney was going out. Varney was all right. Lot, but... I don't know. It's early days, but I wasn't. I certainly wasn't blown away. 4-0 win then and into the second round, which has brought a home tie against Oxford. Can't. Whoop, whoop. Can wait. Another blockbuster. Yeah. Whew. So loads of ins and outs to deal with, so let's do that now. Let's start at the back, much like Warnock. Paddy Kenny. Surprise. Maybe back of the pitch, but he's forefront of Colin's thoughts. I think he would have left if he couldn't get Kenny. <laughs> I think that would have been the thing that, that drove him to it. The best kept secret in football. Which um, what's, what's the name of the cricketer that was banging on about this on Twitter? It was Michael Vaughan. Michael, Michael Vaughan. Kept, kept just tweeting at Like a Paddy pair Kenny. of tittering schoolboys. <laughs> you got, is, your, uh, is your dad signed you yet? Has Warnock come and got you yet? Um, the important bits to note from this then, he's 34 years old. Uh, we accept these days that keepers obviously go on longer and, and peak later, but that do we? Is so slightly based upon them looking after themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Paddy Kenny yeah. doesn't look like a man. Which then moves on to the, the very next thing. He looks better than he looked a few years ago, let's put it that way. What, because he lost a bit of weight and having his eyebrow chomped off. <laughs> uh, for football reasons, is he better than Lonigan? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think if we're talking skills, probably not. But he he seems to organise, and I think as far as Warnock's concerned, he's, he's his representative on the pitch. 
mm. which is imp- as important. Stick as, him on there, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, the, watching him last season, I was struck that any time I saw QPR play, it tended to include a huge mistake from Paddy Kenny. But then there'd be like six or seven absolutely fantastic saves. And it's worth remembering as well that with the the whole um, John Terry, Anton Ferdinand thing, Paddy Kenny's involvement in all that, where in the build-up to it, where he's basically telling John Terry to his face that he was a wanker. Nobody shows that enough. If I was displaying that footage in court, I would have just said, we will get, I will uh, bring us on to my client's uh, incident in a moment. But first, let's see the build-up, because Paddy Kenny's great in there. Other keeper we've signed then, uh, he got on the fun bus from Portsmouth and joined all his friends. Uh, Jamie Ashdown, Pompey Reserve, he's now our reserve. But there's only one thing that's important here, and we all know, is he better than Paul Rehubka? Yay. Has he gone yet? He's still here, isn't he? Stinking the place out. Not on the team photo, though. That's no, important. That's a he, short, yeah. surefire sign that you're not loved. He's played a few games with our development squad, however, including a 3-0 win at Bridlington, I think. I mean, what exactly are they trying to develop for a squad that's got Rehubka at the back? I mean, he, he did enough for uh, breaking Cairns' career in two just by making him play. I dread to think what he does around our uh, under-18s. Uh, it's worth saying that Jamie Ashdown's wife seemed awfully pleased to be um, moving north anyway because she lists one of her hobbies, I think, on her Twitter profile as shopping. So she's going to enjoy the new shopping centre that the building in Leeds. Have we signed some promotional contracts? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, was it, is it the Trinity Leeds? Trinity yeah. Leeds. <laughs> when is that open? Uh, next year, 2013. Now, uh, it it's going to have a wide range of stores and include uh, an expanded uh, additional Primark. Um, so, yeah, she seems happy, which is important. We want to have a big... Happy family, don't well, we? Well, the Trinity Quarter is going to be full of happy people, Dan. And I, for one, can't wait. One that we didn't sign from Portsmouth is Adam Drury, who we signed from Norwich. Left back, seems fairly reliable. Yes, uh, stick that, Norwich. Yeah, pretty face. Yeah. <clears throat> How does it feel? Payback. Feeder club. They didn't want him, which was a shame. Let's just discuss his first act now. I've got a, I've got a problem with Adam Drury straight away for his role in Robert Snodgrass's departure, probably Adam Drury, uh, Snoddy said, oh, I spoke to Adam before I left and he, he told me that Norwich is a great club and it would be a really good move for me. Fuck off, Drury, don't just turn up, swan around, don't even play a game for two minutes and tell Robert Snodgrass, Norwich is better than this, get yourself down there. Up yours. Hope he, he's the next, uh, what's the name of that? Just let it go. Swansea guy that we ended up sending back. Let it go. Bassoni. How quickly yeah. I forget. Anyway. I won't forget this, Drury. He's a, he's a left-back who played in the Premiership last year. He can't be as bad as some of the people we've had, can he? he can't so is that the minimum standard now? It's like, yeah. are you as bad as what we've already got? <laughs> if you're not, then you're all right. I think okay. when it comes to full-backs, yeah. Well, speaking of which, yeah, um, Scouse full-backs. We've already got one in Connolly, but now we've got Peltier, Lee Peltier, 25, signed from Leicester. Happy about that? I'm quite pleased. It sounds like the sort yeah. of player we should be signing. You know, of a reasonable Youngish. age. <laughs> I, I'm, from Ken's point of view, I'm thinking 25, good resale. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, couple of years, years move him on and Norwich have just sold us a fullback so they'll be they'll be in the market I think he can play both sides so important to note that Peltier played 40 times for Leicester last season and obviously surprise surprise someone's had a fallout with uh, Pearson and he's been ostracised and pushed out um, and he's been pushed out to us so not a bad result all in all of all the players that had a, a fallout with, with Pearson can we go Beckford well, you, you never know. There might be movement on that in time to come. You Do you know, know something? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Tying up the rest of the uh, defensive signings, we mentioned Jason Pierce from Pompey at uh, the back end of last season, uh, which seems like an age ago now. We don't need to necessarily say too much about him, but promising start. Looks like he's going to talk a lot and uh, perhaps organise that shambles. Here, here. 
Yeah, quite um, quite looking forward to seeing Pierce play. Although he actually should have been sent off against Shrewsbury, I thought. He, he seemed to, I think it was him, he seemed to drag someone down by the shorts. I thought he kicked his ankles and you thought th- he dragged him down. I think he did. He dragged him on the edge of the box. Then when he got further into the box, he then kicked him. <laughs> and this is when, when Dirty you, as well, which is what we like. <laughs> yeah. When you're 4-0 up against Shrewsbury, I'm not sure it was really worth the the, uh, imp- the red card he if nearly you got. Get the first time. Have another go. Yeah, I think I think a more cynical opponent would have gone down like a sack of shit in in both of those cases. But uh, <laughs> thankfully, Shrewsbury have got a bunch of honest pros. And we have a new cult hero, number eight shirt, uh, Jamaican international, which lends an air of uh, of the exotic, doesn't it? Rudolf Austin, twenty seven years old, arrives via Norway. Trials at QPR and Stoke. He's my favourite player. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got a reputation built on YouTube videos, which yes. we've seen before. Seb saw. It always yeah. works, has it? Well. No, it hasn't. But this one gives you, you... You've seen him sliding in for tackles and launching himself, and it's just the sort of player that fans at Ellen Road love. And Eric Backer finally doing something of worth to justify the thousands of pounds we paid him. Um, he had a word in Austin's ear, didn't he? He said, uh, get to Leeds. Yep. You see, when Adam Drury does that kind of thing, no. <laughs> Eric Backer. Yeah. For us, good. Buy a drink. Us. Just one though, Eric. Um, <laughs> and don't drive. Looking forward to uh, Austin. He already looks like we've just had a load of guests. loads of midfield shit. Yeah. No, not midfield shit. Just ponces. Just like soft boys. Just you're talking about Kilkenny, aren't you? Yeah. Kilkenny and Little Johnny Warney. Both. Neither of them were really the kind of people who would, in the middle of a game, would put the foot on the ball and then twat somebody who came and tried to get it off them. I mean, some of the things on these YouTube clips is just wanton violence. <laughs> and I, for one... Um, welcome it. Welcome, welcome it. No, and he, he did look against Shrewsbury. Quite a lot of his passes were going out of play and all this stuff. I think it... I don't know if it's because he's played half a season, so he's, he's at a different pace to the rest of them strolling around. But he was dominating. He's like uh, when we had um, Faye, who... Was bought to dominate, but was just like sort of just like wheeled a wardrobe onto the pitch and just dumped it on its side. Whereas uh, this is like a mobile wardrobe with with a whole Narnia-like world within. Comparisons uh, with Olivier and the spirit of Aslan. Comparisons with Olivier Decor, um, a bit premature. Yeah, who was a superb footballer, but you can see, you know, probably one of the best players I've seen. The, the, you know, the mobility, uh, the, the getting stuck in distribution, doesn't mind a shot from distance, that sort of thing. He looks a bit more angry than Decor. Decor was quite a, a smooth, classy player, I thought, Until even he, though he did do the odd uh, over-the-top tackle. Show him a picture of Terry Venables, though, and the red mist would descend. <laughs> what I like about this signing is that it, it demonstrates a bit of thought. It feels like too often in in a seasons gone by, we've just looked at players who were available in England and just gone, ah, oh, he was it. He was at Derby. Love him, him and him. Is he? Who's available? Yeah. Him. Whereas it seems like we might have actually tried to find. From Nunes. Well, but then again, Warnock did have him on trial at QPR, so you do wonder if you, if him and uh, if there's Mick Jones and who's the other one? He's Ronnie Jepson. Ronnie Jepson. If him and Mick and Ronnie, which is the Rolling Stones. <laughs> 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 if, um, if the Rolling Stones were sitting around the Thor Park, he and Mick. <laughs> Someone's going to have to do a Mick Jagger yeah. impression in a moment. Who's that lad we had on trial at QPR last season? Norwegian fella from Jamaica. <laughs> I'm not going to launch yeah, into a Mick. Anyway, you yeah. get the impression. So I don't know how much thought's going to But if you liked him then and he likes him now. Then why not? Right, let's talk about the other midfielders. Paul Green and David Norris. Going to lump these two together because we're probably <laughs> going to say similar things about the two of them. Of a similar age. Is it Green? Is he 27, 28? Is he? Nine, I think. 29. Okay. Uh, Norris, 31. One of the... 
Portsmouth bunch. Green, out of contract at Derby. Played against us in the playoff final, didn't he, at Wembley? Played against Spain in the European Championship. So, Indeed, so... Uh, he was the worst player in the tournament. But, <laughs> but the two of them, uh, similar. So you, you workman-like midfielder. Experience, uh, I think it's called. Yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully, the thing you're going to take from it is that they're not going to be overawed or they're not going to be pansy-ish, as you were sort of saying, Moscow. Sorry, I was just reading, because uh, Luke Varney, I think, is supposed to provide something approaching flair in the absence of uh, Snodgrass at all. And so I was wondering to see if, if that had been written on uh, on our little prep sheet here. But no, middle name is Ivan. <laughs> That's my research. Nothing wrong with that. The brass tacks, you've, done, you've also overlooked what I said about uh, David Norris, that he's the most handsome player we've had since Shane well, Higgs. come back you, to that. And you I, just mentioned that. You've got a bit of a man love for... Oh, he's got very beautiful eyes. Very beautiful eyes. You'd be closer than me then. No, there's a picture. A picture on Wacko, I believe. <laughs> Somebody started a thread specifically about he's his a, eyes. He's a good-looking man. Better than Moscow White, who's coming through the rain today and, <laughs> and has the eyes of uh, the late George Best. I am. I'm, I think I am gradually uh, admitting defeat to consumption. <laughs> I might have to be taken away to a clinic. So <laughs> let's move on. To, let's move on to Varney, then another one of the Pompey set. Uh, you say you know there to add. Perhaps goals more than flair, would you argue? Because he's quite direct, isn't he? I've not seen him play, to be honest. <laughs> he's no Snodgrass. His, his middle name's Ivan, <laughs> if that helps. He's going to be terrible. He might be good, I don't know. I, couldn't, um, I got that, yeah. I couldn't tell uh, Couldn't tell the difference between him and Norris when we were trying to watch the shoes game. One, How could you not tell the difference? Because I'm... You have was, his cataracts as well. <laughs> I wouldn't know them if I passed one, them in one the was street. playing in the centre... And, yeah, and has hair and he's gorgeous. <laughs> Pink pound Dan, like you were saying. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other one is kind of receding and played out wide. Yeah, but they kept swapping positions. Oh heavens, they <laughs> might follow them. They're not. It's not table football. <laughs> Time pressing on, so let's go to the forwards. Andy Gray, he's back and he's yes. here to prove a point. Of all the players oh, we've had in the past, my nephew, he's the one I wanted back. <laughs> he's never going to play, is he? I think those I goals think in might. pre-season. I think he might, actually. If Becchio gets injured, he has to play. We at the minute, anyone else. At the minute. Yeah, I think what people are telling me about Warnock's style is he'll end up with about eight strikers to choose from. So I suppose with seven substitutes, he might might be on the bench, but he'll be... Is there for morale? He'll be getting his coaching badges by Christmas. He'll be working towards that, I think. But I always liked um, Andy Gray when he was here as a, as a kid. You liked him for those 10 minutes. I mean, bearing in mind that the other youth products around at the time were Mark Ford and Mark Jackson. Andy Gray looked like it was Marco Van Basten had turned up. It was strange, though. He left us, as I thought, as a winger. And then when it, when he re-emerged in the lower leagues, he was kind of a big lumbering centre-forward. I don't know what they did to him. They must have just <laughs> fed him tuna and steroids or something as soon as, as, soon as he left Leeds. It is a little bit disturbing that he's going grey. I mean, when you remember him coming through the ranks, you don't want him turning up as some grizzled old pensioner. Think how I feel, Andy Gray. Looking at you, and then think how I feel, El Hadjouf. Well, thank you. you in the best to last. Thank goodness that was a smokescreen, as we spoke about on the podcast at the We'd back never, end of the last. We wouldn't, season. would we? We wouldn't. Well, I thought it might have been a smokescreen for someone else, but in actual fact, no. He's uh, he's here on a on a rolling contract for now. Yeah, they're um, talking about making permanent. Yeah, I mean, moment. I think the, an important thing to note from that is something highlighted by Phil Hay in one of his tweets uh, following his capture. Oh, has he been captured already? <laughs> Good. I'm glad to have him off our streets. I've walked home in safety. He didn't necessarily think Juf was uh, a long-term option, hence probably why he's technically on trial still, but with a contract. Oh, he's we'll already in court. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's get all the criminal jokes out of the way. It's, it's a hard one to love, isn't it, that one? 
No, it's easy. You just don't. Well, you've you've done an article, a little article about this in the new mag, haven't you, Moscow? Mm. And can you sort of summarise that in in a few sentences? Don't clap him until he's done something worth clapping. Even then, reserve judgment until he's stopped being a. <laughs> <laughs> Well summed up. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair yeah. so. that way, the, uh, I, I didn't boo him. I would boo him. I'd feel like booing him. Reading everything he's ever done. and knowing, I mean, spitting uh, spitting at players is one thing, but if you're going to start spitting at football fans, that's quite another. And then spitting at 11-year-old boys. I'm not really into that kind of thing. But I'm not also into the idea of booing a Leeds player after yeah. all so you can just here. sort of do nothing and cheer him when there's something cheer worthy yeah but he got cheered and people singing his name just when he came warming up and it's like let's just have a little bit of decorum wasn't there a dead remember Leeds our standards yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you think about Norman Hunter Norman Hunter was a hard player but he was an excellent player and he, it, and he earned that gold-plated car. How <laughs> had juice? Yeah. Nothing. But Norman Hunter, Norman Hunter was a, a Leeds player, and that's why you could talk about him as being dirty Leeds. This is like signing Chopper Harris from Chelsea just because he kicks people and trying to pretend that that somehow fits a Leeds ethos. He's really, there's nothing Leeds about El Hadj Juf. And there's also nothing good about him. I mean, Jamie Carragher laughs at El Hadj Juf's Liverpool career, and Jamie Carragher is a laughable, laughable person. All all this stuff about him having a good game for Doncaster last season and, oh, he's played in the Premier League, so he's got, you know, he's got, oh, good pace, good touch. Anyone who's seen him play in recent years has said, no, no good. Celtic fans, Rangers fans, Blackburn I think, I, I, fans. It's not really surprising Celtic fans didn't have a great deal of <laughs> no. positive things to say about him. But it, yeah. I think I'd have liked to have been there with that chat that Warnock had with him, that 90 minutes where he told him what he didn't like about him. <laughs> I'm surprised it only took that... How long, to be honest? <laughs> well, there's even uh, some QPR fans are up in house about this. There was one blogger read by a QPR fan saying that it's Warnock putting his legacy at QPR at risk because they're all like, because he screamed in the face of their best player while he lay on the floor with a broken leg. Warnock is certainly faster to forgive that than uh, than the fans are. But hey, you know, forgiveness, it's in the Bible and all that. But, you know, screw him. I don't, the sooner he's gone, the better, as far as I'm concerned. And we don't need players that we're going to argue about. We're supposed to be all, you know, united and, love. Yeah, we're uniting and happy and moving forward into our new exciting era and promotion and instead we're all just arguing about a prick. I think um, it says a lot about him that at the end of last season we were talking about him maybe coming to us and it seems that if we'd have wanted him, surely we would have signed him then. But I think we've just been waiting for someone better, waiting for someone better, waiting for someone cheaper... And then his price has eventually come down and no one else has wanted well, it. Well, we don't need to dress it up. It's, it's down to the takeover, isn't it? The fact that it's not complete yet at the time of recording. So it's a case of stop gaps until either this money comes in or we accept that it's dead in the water. Because there's been talk, obviously, um, Maynard and George Boyd, both of which we take, I would guess. Yep. But they're going to involve money and probably sizable amounts of money that we don't currently have. So Juf is, Yeah, well, Juf is, is, is your, is your stop gap, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Let's move on, uh, on to players that have left us. Uh, I'll give you a big list of names now. We don't need to necessarily say too much about them, but uh, players that have gone O'Day. Hooray. Gone to America. Yeah. Bruce. Gone to his, his dad's daddy. house. Oh, <laughs> He's gone back. Do you think his wages are technically classed as pocket money? <laughs> uh, sale, where's he gone? No idea. Varanen. He's back to HJK playing at the Champions League. Well I done. Uh, ben Parker. Has what he actually got a ben. What has happened to Ben? Doing his physio badges at uh, the university. Lloyd Sam, currently... Uh, on, on trial with Henri at 
New York Red, yes, red Shirts. We, we don't talk about that drink. Danny Weber. I think you more or less retired when we signed him. <laughs> <laughs> Back in his garden now, doing doing the uh, doing the beds. Um, and Mike Taylor's gone to Millwall. So mm-hmm. the, the important ones, Snoddy to Norwich. Obviously, he lost faith in what was happening at Ellen Road and had his head turned by an agent. I think he just saw a route to a life with a lot less stress and um, a lot more money in his mates. So the fact that Bradley um, Johnson was earning a living in the Premiership? Yeah. Why not me? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard to dislike Snoddy for going. It hurts that we feel, I feel like, you know, a bit like a jilted lover in a way. I'm sure you do, Moscow. I'm sure he does too. But it's just, well, hopefully this is now the bookend of the, the Bates era where he's the last player that we'll lose in this We've fashion. got no one else worth selling. <laughs> oh, we, I knew it would come to this. Got to the bottom of the barrel. We got Becchio is the only one left who I'd actually be upset to lose. They've all gone now. I knew they'd all go eventually. And it's impossible to really argue with him. He's much better than where we're at now. And I think, I believe he was sincere when he said he wanted to captain Leeds United to promotion. I think he was sincere when he said he loves playing for Leeds and being here. But I think he probably was sincere when he looked around at sort of the players were signing and the way the manager's going to play and the offer that was available to him, which has been there for a, a long time. And then just thought, you know what, let's just cut out the waiting for a year. I'll just go and play in the, the Premier League The cumulative now. effect as well of having, at least certainly last summer, of basically being lied to, being told the club was going to be pushing for promotion and then seeing nothing happen and then seeing Gradle leave, House and leave and then, oh, there's a takeover, we're going to start signing some players. No, nope, we're not. We've not <laughs> signed anyone. We've not signed anyone that we can't afford. It's just business as usual. I mean, his comments about Gradle being sold and about house and being sold sort of made it clear that he's been probably pissed off since the moment Gradle went and he's been our best player since Gradle went and probably before then and that's the sad thing because I suppose we're quite excited about Rodolfo in a different way but there's not really anybody at Leeds now where you think I'm really looking forward to going and handing over 30 quid and watching them do some really good stuff with the football it's all reliant on the takeover isn't it We, we need it which I guess we can come on to in the next section. But um, let's deal with the other outs before we get on to that. Adam Clayton gone to Huddersfield. There was a bit of a hoo-ha about this when it happened, but that seems to have died away now since we've signed more players and we look to have a few decent midfielders, particularly going back to, to Rudolph Austin. I'm still not happy. I, re- I, I really liked Clayton last year. I know some people said, oh, he faded out as the season went on, but so did everyone. We, yeah. we were crap at the end of the season and he was part of a crap side then. But he showed enough, I thought, to suggest that he might actually be a really good midfielder. Well, that was his first season at that level. he came come from League One at MK Franchise and well, Peterborough. Was that on loan at? Yes, he was. Yeah. And then came back and played, was one of our better players. Yeah. He's got the best years to come. Well, so I'm, I'm really disappointed we let him go. I think that's the, the downside is that we've replaced him with 31-year-old, 29-year-old, that kind of Is it not a case, though, that Leeds now, uh, you know, it needs immediate solutions to these problems? Yes, but what are we going to do after that? Okay, and in the context of the fact that the takeover has been looming, or some of that, you feel that we maybe would have kept him and would have given him a better contract closer to his demands had he not gone at a time when we were looking to generate funds for transfers because the takeover hadn't happened. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's one of the things about um, him going. I think with Lonergan to a degree as, as well, although Warnock obviously was desperate. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. To have Kenny here, I think it helped that he could get some money in for Lonergan uh, that he didn't have to spend on Kenny. And so with Clayton, he, he brings some money in so he can bring his own players in. I noticed uh, Grayson signed Keith Southern to yeah. play with Clayton at Huddersfield, who he was tried every transfer window to get to Leeds and we could never stump up the 500k necessary. Which kind of does indicate the sort of constraints he was working under at yeah. Allen Road, doesn't it? It's interesting that you know, those two will be playing in the same team next year. He'll be good, Adam Clayton. So it's it's... There's that element with a few players where he's obviously not of the order of Snodgrass and, and Housen, but you are seeing somebody who was good for us now going on to have a better career for somebody else. And you would have quite liked them to just stay and do that for us. Someone who's going sort of down the opposite way in the career path, Billy Painters. No, uh, he's on the up. Well, he's has he gone to Doncaster yet? Because the, it's, it's I believe of, it's yes, gone through at last, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't sort of check just in case it fell through. So he's gone. We're still paying him for the remainder of his one year on his contract or a part of his wages. Um, better, better just off the payroll. Well, the majority of his pay off the payroll. I think his week's trial at Blackpool this summer said quite a lot when <laughs> after one afternoon they sent him back. <laughs> poor, poor Billy. He's going to go down in history as one of our worst ever strikers, but he was never a bad guy, I don't think. He's not a dislikable character. He's not, no. It's not like El Hadjouf, <laughs> for example. I don't think he's ever he's ever made disgusting threats against people or anything. No. <laughs> Although he's a scouser, so maybe. Um, <laughs> no, it just it just never happened for him. Maybe if it if it had started differently for him, if that if that early bus, if he'd got on that early goal bus, <laughs> it was but, just never. In summary, he was just never quite good enough. He looked no. he he looked good against us when we were terrible, and then we signed him. But he never faced a team as bad as us. And finally, yet yeah, Lonergan on his way out to Bolton was never going to stay in line. No. In fact, they need to be a number one. So good luck to him. Never that does anything I think wrong. He's number really. two at Bolton because they got that ginger kid. Bogdanovich. Ginger but, kid, pink shirt. That's got, that's yeah. going to upset me in oh, the championship yeah. this year. It's an awful clash mm. of colours. Yeah, anyway, yeah. every match of the day last year, it's like, oh, I hope he's not playing. Anyway, Yaskalainen he, back in. He's gone. So that's that. Hopefully he'll dislodge that little freak. All the best. I've no no axe to grind with Lonergan. So no, far, right. Contracts. Although, although he did make a big deal out of a broken finger. 
<laughs> Let's have that recorded. Quickly mention the contracts. Uh, Brown got his extra year on reduced terms. Uh, don't and he's now suing Portsmouth. <laughs> a little bit annoyed about that. Now we know why he's on reduced terms. It's because he's basically going to go and finish straight, them off. Yeah. Finish Portsmouth off as a football club to get the difference. Aidan White, let it go, Michael. Aidan White finally put pen to paper, which was good, given that he looked very much like he was on his way out for a large part of the summer. I mean, Borussia Dortmund was my favourite link. <laughs> Uh, Could have happened. He's, you know, good to have him. Although uh, we were discussing the um, team photo before we started recording. Hairline, AD, receding. I mean, I know he's he's been around for years, but he is only actually 15. It's bloody stressful being at Leeds. True. (laughs) Just look at Tom Lees, for crying out loud. The only outstanding contract issue is McCormack, but if his celebration on Saturday is anything to go by, he looks like he wants to sign. Yes. So uh, let's hope that could be worked out. It's hard to mime signing for Norwich, though. The Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. So unless you've been living under a rock for the last several months, you will probably be aware that Leeds United have uh, been subject to interest in a takeover. Questions to come out of this summer. Who are they? Don't know. Don't know. Why are they taking so long? Don't know. Is Bates to blame? Yeah, yes. probably. Will there be any good? Don't, Don't know. know. Have they got any money? Don't, Don't know. know. Will they shoot protesters? Hope not. Uh, does Bates still want a job? He'd better not. Would anyone accept him? No. 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 Why is he built a box for himself? That might actually, someone was saying it was there last season. That weird sort little of, greenhouse thing. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a, a, a glass porch or the top of a portmobile that's been screwed onto his precious east stand. Well, that wraps it up then, doesn't it, gents? Yeah, I think we've said, we said everything we can say. Um, we know as much as anybody else. <laughs> this first came to light in the middle of May when we failed to sign another from Portsmouth, Joel Ward. It all sprang to life because Ward, I think he signed on the 26th, 27th of May, maybe the 28th. Uh, for Crystal Palace and then it was 24 hours after that that initially um, the Trust and Phil Hay both tweeted within moments of each other that there was interest in the club and then the club confirmed on the 29th that uh, they were talking to people about investment and then it's kind of just snowballed yeah. from there So thought it'd be done in a week yeah I mean how do we pick it apart it's, it's been bloody torturous hasn't it The lack it's just the lack of information that's been torturous because whatever nothing official is being said you just tie yourself in knots looking at thing, looking at rumours and generally making yourself upset about it's, things not happening. It's the Leeds way, though. It wouldn't be straightforward, would it? No. The main thing about this is that everybody has just gone absolutely mental. I, I don't quite know how we got to such a pitch of total I'll, madness. I'll tell you how we did. It's because we've had seven and a half years of utter shit. Yeah. That's why. And all of a sudden we've seen some light at the end of the tunnel, but we're not quite sure how far away it is. And it seems to keep receding and receding and receding, but it's still there. Well, this is why this is why I have absolute faith that whatever is happening is this is the end game um, for Ken Bates. It's because you just had to look at the reaction um, at the end of May when, uh, not just first when Phil Hay and the Trust said, there's a takeover going on. But then when Leeds United themselves said, they don't, they've not used the word takeover, but then they said something is going on. Outright joy, singing, dancing in the streets. He's going. Ding dong, the witch is dead. And all you've got to do now is just picture if at the Wolves game, his programme notes say, I am staying and I'm not selling. And he is sitting there in his little glass box. There will be just mayhem in the stadium Never mind mayhem on the internet. There's going to be just Ellen Road would be like it's just it is just not conceivable that he's going to stay. And once that was established, I actually became quite relaxed about the summer because it's like right, whatever's happening, he's a he's an eight year old man and he's he's either selling up or he'll 
reach another demise another way sometime soon but we can see it's all it's coming to an end now and just even though i didn't really particularly think we'd have to wait what is it two months if not longer, yeah. yeah. If not longer, for something to happen. But two and a half months it is now since the first statement went on the website. Due diligence is a complicated process, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, I mean we we understand that things not exactly run smoothly, but his position is untenable now. Is Ken Bates, isn't it? He can't he can't recover from this, and I think he must. Hooray. Yeah, he must be a willing <laughs> seller because I can't conceive of a situation where we carry on going through what we've been through in the last seven and a half. We've sold everybody, like you say. We can't do it anymore. We can't sell people because there's no one left to sell. Yeah, and that was the other question about not being able to raise the funds for Joe Ward was there was a the popular story seemed to be that we'd locked funds down because there was an imminent takeover. So there's no money coming in, no money going out. We, we were not spending money on players. That's kind of been blown out of the water by the fact that we've still not been taken over. A takeover has potentially been confirmed that it's going to happen. And we've bought and sold players left, right and centre. The other option with Joel Ward was that we still were under the ownership of Ken Bates and we didn't have a pot to piss in and just could not raise the money to pay for Joel Ward. We had just paid money for Pierce though. Yeah. We paid pots with actual cash money. And then up front. But maybe that was all we had available in the reserves. Yeah. yeah. Plus we got him knocked down from because uh, Portsmouth were def- desperate to sell. Yeah. As they were desperate to sell um Everybody Joe Ward as well. To us. Yeah, and we ended up and we ended up signing quite a lot of them. So the the other concern is not just that Ken Bates cannot I mean people say you might dig his heels in and be a dick about going, but even I don't think even he could break this out. But then also if he was to attempt it, how long financially we could actually do that. And I don't think it would be very long. He's clearly a willing seller because he wouldn't let anybody look at those books without proof of money. It's been suggested to us that we've had this scenario before going on in the background, but no one's known about it. There has been interest before, but it's never got to a stage where it's known about and it's spoken about and it's become public knowledge. Well, that's is it, is it possible that he thought showing them the books would put them off? And they've looked <laughs> at them and gone, yep, yeah, seems we're still we're definitely interested. And he's gone, what? What, really? <laughs> have you seen how much I'm paying Ben Fry? I mean, you don't want to commit 40 or 50 million pounds without giving this a thorough once-over and looking right through the book. We wouldn't want anyone who bought the club especially not from Ken Bates, who didn't check all these kinds of things. So, I mean, the process was always going to be difficult if they are thorough and if they are um, careful and if they're also not prepared to be played by um, the famously playful um, (laughs) Kenneth William Bates, then that's all the better for us going forward. Well, So how do we feel about the prospect of um, being owned by somebody from Bahrain, which has obviously got questionable human rights record, uh, funded by uh, possibly Saudi Arabian money, questionable human rights record through an offshore bank. How do we feel, you know, putting my uh, devil's advocate cap on for a minute, is there an argument at all throughout the frying pan and into the fire? Yes, but I'm very bored of this frying pan. I've been in it for too long. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult to find, especially the way modern football is, who would be likely to buy a football club that requires this amount of money to buy it that isn't going to have some kind of problem. I was thinking about this last night because I read something that Michael Normanton wrote in uh, the upcoming issue of The Square Ball, which is available uh, from Ellen Road on Saturday, because he mentioned uh, we have a new feature basically take, making fun out of um, our upcoming opponents, but also celebrating the good sides. You mentioned that Jack Walker uh, was like the, the perfect football club owner because he made money in 
woolen mills in in the district of the football club. Steel then, it was. And, well, okay, steel mills. Traditional northern industry. Traditional northern industry and then invested in a traditional northern football club. But if you think about traditional northern industry and take it back to the Walker family to when the factories were being manned by children who were being killed at a rapid rate, it's you just realise that it's not, it's never a, a, a long hop from here is a guy with loads of money and then, oh, and here's where it all starts to look really bad. The unfortunate thing, if there's a Bahrain connection, is that it's really, really bad. And having 30 protesters being killed for their views in such recent times is bad. I don't want to get... But, yeah, I don't but get then it depends, it depends. I mean... The, the uh, Bahrainian royal family is a, it's is very a big, big family yeah. tree. That's what I was just going to say. I don't want to get into sort of moral relativism, but how central to the main players in Bahrain is this yeah. particular Al-Khalifa. We don't We've really know. No and without knowing where the money's coming from, how can we properly comment on that? Yeah, so we can't until we know who they are, what their intention is, what their history is. And the good thing is about where we're at is we're going to be in a much better position to actually find out than we ever were with Ken Bates because we went for six years without actually knowing who owned Leeds United. It could have been anybody. It could have that been... That was the, the beauty of the statement that the club put out recently when they're saying that they uh, they wanted it to be for the, the best for, for Leeds. The, the club was going to be in safe hands when, when Ken Bates ran the club for years without knowing who who was actually ultimately in charge of it. So. That could have been the world's worst baby killer on Leeds United for six years, and we never knew. So the focus on the identity is... Is it a bit of a red herring, do you think? It will be relevant when we know who they are, and that's when that's when we worry about it. And we just face it head on. If they are a bunch of bad guys, then we just have to roll our sleeves up and deal with it as best we can. Who knows? We may be in the position to prevent badness from continuing. If we've got a, a guy running Leeds United who's, who's no good, we tell him if he wants to be here, he needs to be good. That's a, a utopian view. But who knows who the hell it's going to be? It could be Mother Teresa's... Oh, no. Hold on. She's dead. Um, Ancestors. Could, yeah. No, they, they're even more dead. Yeah. Her, um, <laughs> her descendants. Ancestors, that's what I meant. Yeah, definitely her descendants. <laughs> There's me trying to sound clever and just bollocks it up. So it could... I mean, you know, find... Find a football club that isn't owned by somebody that doesn't have some with something wrong with them somewhere, um, and you'll probably be looking at like Exeter, who are owned by supporters, for example. And we're a long way from that stage. It's all pro, They're, and they won't be permanent. That's the other thing that has kind of struck me as odd about all the takeover speculation: is these guys could come in and they could be gone again within a year. The only thing that's permanent is us, really, isn't it? Yes, it's not going to be the be-all, end-all result, all questions answered on the day that we know who they are and what they want. It will just be the start of a new phase that could last 20 years, it could last 20 days. I'm sure when we when we got um, Brian Clough or Neil Redfern in, we thought they were going to be there forever. <laughs> <laughs> But and look how that turned out. Keep fighting is the is the sign that we used to have in the dressing room. Michael, just turning back to something you said then about being uh, fed up with this frying pan. Is this takeover absolutely necessary now, or could we go back with investment? I, I don't think it's a case of we will get investment. It's either a takeover or nothing. I think either it's a takeover or we grind along this year. Probably sell a couple of players as we go. Finish eighteenth. Go into administration. I think that I think that's the point we've reached. People will turn away from the club now. I think if if this doesn't go through, 
I think they probably managed to sell a few season tickets off speculation of a takeover, which I imagine a fair few people are quite angry about. <laughs> but I think it's just gone on too long now, and people, I think people, have, it's shown that people are ready for change, and they won't. People can't go back anymore. They've seen the, they've seen the light. Well, Ken can't put a positive spin on this now, can he? There's no way of turning that into good news. Do you think he'd even try? He, I think he definitely would try and blame the buyers for any collapse, regardless of whose fault it actually was. But I think maybe now, because the supporters' trust have got involved as well, there is another voice in the room. There's someone who will be telling tales on him if he if he happens <laughs> yes. to uh, to come out and say, "Oh no, they." They, they didn't have any money in the end. If someone there to say, yes, they did, and we've seen why, and the reason it didn't go through is because you said such and such. Let's talk about Sean Harvey's role, um, because he seems to have been instrumental in things this summer. You know, he's been a figure that we've poked fun at, talked about on this podcast. I don't think he's ever going to be loved by Leeds fans, but there's been a subtle shift in policy. For example, you've seen him now go meet the Supports Trust at the uh, the FSF stewarding and policing event that happened after the Shrewsbury game, which represents, even though it was done quietly, it's, it's a huge policy shift from the supporter support um, mantra that was trotted out uh, last season. Do we sense now that perhaps um, Sean Harvey's moving away from Ken Bates and that he wants this as much as the rest of us? It's hard to tell because on one hand, it's a big thing to have Sean Harvey sitting there next to the chairman of the Leeds United Supporters Trust, who at the time, I don't know if it's been changed in the week since, but certainly on the day, if you try to log into his uh, ticketing account on the website, is banned from buying tickets because Sean Harvey decided he didn't want him buying them. So the two of them are sitting there, and so something's obviously changed. It's been always been an open invitation from the supporters trust to come and talk about things, and Harvey's generally. Um, I think he spoke through the Football Supporters Federation about the ticketing ban, but he's not been interested, and nobody at least now has really been interested in talking. So that's one change. But on the other hand, perhaps best not to overstate it, because all all Sean Harvey was really doing at the event was doing what a football club chief executive should be doing, which was saying, "Okay, you've invited somebody from the club down to talk about stewarding. Stewarding is ultimately my responsibility, as he said in his piggy little voice, I have a, a, a piece of paper which is a, a ground licensing agreement in my office. So it was all down to him. So he came and he actually sat and he was the guy to do it. So um, it's hard to work out whether it is some, I'll hate to use the term, rebranding as if he's going to come out looking like Huddersfield's mascot did when they <laughs> when they swapped the um, Bungle the Bear looking Terry the Terrier for the, the, the ripped... Uh, Japanese manga version <laughs> um, or whether it is just him actually starting to act like a football club like chief executive done. like yeah. he should have done for the last seven and a half years well longer because he predates Kenneth in terms of the takeover it seems that Harvey is the one that after the collapse statement has tried to get it back on track and that, I think I put on the forum that as much as I may distrust him it must be incredibly hard trying to get Ken Bates to act like a normal human being just sort of, just, Ken, let's just be reasonable, eh? Just leave the waitress a tip. No! <laughs> if, you've got, if you've got to imagine how this takeover has actually been done, how much of it do you think is actually Middle Eastern business people negotiating directly with Ken Bates? Really, it, it, it will have been Sean Harvey doing it all. because Lawyers you're not, and... Yeah, it will have been Sean Harvey and lawyers. Because you're not just going to lock Ken in the room with some Arabs and expect it to come to a happy outcome. It's that you're getting to love thy neighbour territory there, aren't exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. So it will have been Harvey doing this 
because essentially he's the chief executive and he he runs Leeds United and he has run Leeds United for a long time. It's just he's got... He's done it under the instructions of a madman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So whether he changes when he's not being directly instructed by a madman, whether he's used this opportunity to negotiate himself into the next phase of his administrative meteoric career... (laughs) (laughs) Well, meteoric compared to ruining Scarborough and ruining Bradford City is comparatively on the up. But whether, yeah, so he may well have engineered himself some kind of tasty morsel. We'll just have to wait and see. However, if he thinks he's going to come out of all this and say, oh, I was only following orders <laughs> and we're all going to just say, ah, oh, fine. Well, one of my favourite... Continue to be our chairman. One of my favourite things in response to the uh, Lust and FSF meeting that he went to was when it was being talked about on Wacko. Somebody just uh, copied and pasted a big section from Himmler's Wikipedia page <laughs> of when he took over from Hitler at the end of the World War II and it was uh, no comment with it, just here's the <laughs> Himmler. It's just another thing that once this is done, we just, um, like Planet of the Apes, we observe the planet that we're on and then we go and, um, and then we go and, and start having sex with monkeys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what happened at the end of Planet of the Apes? It wasn't the cinema I saw. It was a guy who gave me a video. <laughs> Let's leave that there because without too many hard facts to go on, we're getting to... Sex Repet- with monkeys. Yes, repetitive speculation territory and sex with monkeys. So, <laughs> Man, um, chimp love. What we will say is we'll come back to this, we'll revisit it when we have a conclusion one way or another and we look forward to getting Gary Cooper, chairman of the Sports Trust, um, on the podcast to uh, give us his side of things. That should be good. Final part of the Square Ball podcast now. Um, we have decided to slim down our prediction section for the matches, haven't we, on the basis that it's a bit shit. That we're rubbish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the, who we're playing. I was actually quite proud of myself reading that um, newspaper previews today. Apparently Leeds have signed some players. <laughs> um, caught up with uh, everything that's going on. So you will notice that this section of the podcast does change a little bit as, the, uh, as we get into the season proper. However, what we've chosen to do now in this bit is to give you our season predictions so you can essentially use them as a stick with which to beat us for the rest of the season. And we can beat one another for that matter. Because really nobody's got enough ammunition to make fun of us yet. <laughs> no, exactly. So let's give them some. <laughs> um, so we're looking at final league position, player of the year, young player of the year, top scorer, Will Warnock still be here at the end of the season? Will Robbie Rogers ever be fit? And any general championship predictions you've got as well, such as who's going to win the league, who's going to go up, who's going to go down, and at what point will Juf and Colin Wanker fall out beyond repair? Those are the sort of things we're looking at. I'll so um, the last one now. Soon, I no, hope. Well, let's, let's do this in order then. <clears throat> Michael, I'll come to you first. Uh, how are we going to do this season? I predict we'll finish 10th. Okay. So you've gone for exactly the middle. Oh, no, oh, no I suppose exactly the middle. middle. Okay. Um, Slightly better than mediocre. And um, Moscow White, where do you think? I think 13th, unlucky 13th. And I don't think we're going to challenge. I think we'll, I I don't think we'll be um, away from it the whole season. I think we'll have a brief period where we think we might go up. Where we might get up to 10th. So you're saying 13th? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it, I'm going to go 7th. 12th. (laughs) You're going to say 17th. No, fuck it, I'm changing my mind. 7th. 7th. Okay. We'd be a long way off playoff. Um, is that not a playoff place? No, it no, can't be. No. It's Six is a playoff Moscow. I really need to. When's the season start? <laughs> Last week. Um, <laughs> all right, let me let me chuck a cat among the pigeons here. I say top two. Wow. Top two of what? Of the division. That's a fucking mental cat, is that? <laughs> I say top two, so I'm saying second or higher. 
Right. Wow. Hang on. You're, you're allowed two places. Pick well, a, pick a place. <laughs> I mean, I, I could have said 13th or higher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we'll be 13th or higher or lower. All actually. right, then. Do you know what? First or second is, is crazy enough to. to yeah. Give you're it, allowed, you, yeah. You give me that. You're yeah. allowed breadth as you've. I'll be editing. I'll be editing this as well, so I'll make sure it gets in. <laughs> Not going to happen. Um, all right, then thinking about it, player of the year, Michael. I think Austin will win it because he Easy. looks psychotic. Rodolfo Austin. He's already got it in the bag. He'd have to do something exceptional not to win it now. Oddie? Agreed, yeah. I think, yeah, probably Austin or an as yet unsigned number nine. Oh, you can have number nine. You have, you have to have number nine as a. You can't have. You, you're trying to get two in again. I'm not. I said, and as yet unsigned number nine, as in the, the person wearing the number nine shirt. I really hope now that Billy Painter's move doesn't go through. <laughs> oh, we give it. Give it to Juve once he signs permanently. Right on to young player of the year, Michael. Same, same as this year, Tom Lees. Lees. Have we got any left? Um, there's a few. There's Moscow. A few. Byram you, and Polian have come. Yeah. Right I now. I would say Lees, but I've got a bad feeling he isn't going to play that much. How old's Kiznobot? No. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I'm just looking. <laughs> oh, he's just the, pulling uh, out the Evening Post supplement to see what, what young players have got. Come on, um, Moscow, no. got to press you. I don't think that youth is is. I think that's not may, what we asked. We're asking for. Give me a name. Give me a name. I think there might not be one. I think we might just have to uh, just skip over it this year. Put an asterisk there. So that can be my prediction. I think we will not have no any one. good young players. Yeah. Okay. Oddie. Um, I got Tom Lee's. Yeah, I think Tom Lee's because I don't. As as Moscow was trying to say, I don't think we're going to have that many young players in this year. Ad so. White would be. I would think Ad White will win if he plays. So we'll say nobody or White for you, and I will. Also or say, Tom Lee's if we're doing it. I'll go your route. I will say Tom Lee's because I don't really care that much. Top scorer, Michael Ross McCormack. You're wrong. Moscow Luciano Becchio. Oddie Varney. I'll throw one out there. Luke Varney, good yeah. one. Yeah, I will say number nine. <laughs> Oh. Who do you th- have you heard of something about who was signing? Have, you, I, had, I have you had one of your sneaky direct messages on Twitter that you never tell us no, about and I have to log I, in to look at? I merely <laughs> have, a, I ever I have a feeling that that number nine shirt... The secrets are safe with Dan, everybody. It's being kept vacant for a reason and I think the person... Because we haven't got any money. The person who comes in at number nine will be our top scorer. Uh, will oh, Warnock l- still be here at the end of I'll the season? I love it if we sign Heskey tomorrow <laughs> in the number nine shirt. <laughs> Michael, will Warnock still here be, be here at the end of the season? I think not. You say no. Moscow. Mm, I think yes. Oddie? Yes. And I do too. I think he'll still be here. Interesting. He won't be here at the start of next season, although I know you didn't ask. (laughs) General championship predictions. Anybody want to go on record with any of these then? Champions, promoted, relegated. Don't have to do this. We'll we'll put this one as as a bit of an optional. I think we should do this. It'll show show how little we know about football in general. (laughs) I think we uh, need to peruse the... Who's actually actually in the division? (laughs) Right, I think uh, champions, I think it's going to be... Wolves, because they've got um, they've got this Norwegian fellow who's like a deconstructed Warnock. Like um, like countdown, I'm going to show you that I have also written Wolves. Okay, <laughs> I think the, I think the game on Saturday is going to be absolute uh, Wimbledon '87 style <laughs> carnage. Um, and they're turning down 12 million bids for Stephen Fletcher as well, so they must be fairly confident of themselves. Yeah, Oddie, who do you reckon? I've no idea, to be honest. Woolwich Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> fuck off. Wanderers, put Wanderers. Royal Engineers. Fuck off. Sit down your fucking suits. Who do you say then, Oddie? Come on. <laughs> swearing a lot. Just <laughs> throw, throw a name out there. Ooh. So uh, granddad's off his mouth. It won't be us, so I don't really care. You don't? Right, so I don't care. I think top two. Mm. Well, Leeds have got one of the places. Courtney, you. Yeah, so. I'm trying to decide whether we're going to go up as champions or just promoted. 
Um, well, you had the attempts to decide that when we asked you where we finished in the I said, I've said top position. two. I think it's a stupid enough prediction to be given enough leeway. So I think... And well, now you're trying to pin it down for a question where well, it's I'm not gonna relevant. Answer, I'm going to answer this and also promote it as one oh, question. Oh, sort him out. Us and Wolves, right? Duking it out all year. Who else do you think is going to go up then, Michael? I think Bolton and Cardiff will also go up. Bolton the Redbirds. Mm, indeed, yes. Uh, Moscow? I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. Um, it's optional, you don't have to. No, I'm just going to have a look at the club badges so I can remind myself. Oh, um, I feel like my mum on Grand National Day where we just present her with a double-page spread from the paper of horses and she's just like, oh, well, I suppose... They like they, pin the tail on the donkey. They've got nice colours. Birmingham quite- under Lee Clark. And? Gianfranco Zola's Watford, so we'll show the power of a takeover. Right. Don't speak of the takeover, <laughs> what they've done. Uh, Oddie, you said you didn't care who went up as champions. Who, who else don't you care about going up? Anybody. Not bothered, okay. No, it won't be us, so I don't care. Really. I think us and Wolves will go up and then there might be someone a bit left field. Uh, it's hard to care, isn't it? <laughs> you see, it's not easy, it's, is it? Yeah, it's a fucking easy fuck. for doing Birmingham. Exactly but I don't care if they're Birmingham. And then you do the same. Oh, no, I said Watford. All right. right, going down then. Bowsley, Peterborough, Millwall. Good. I and I'm glad to see the back of all three of those. I have, have you noticed... Um, Peterborough have signed three players with double-barrelled names. And so all we're going to get on the Football League show is Clem going on about the posh, living up to uh, <laughs> uh, etc. That's all I know about Peterborough, that and that they're going down. I think Sheffield Wednesday will go straight back down. And what about Huddersfield Town? Mid-table, lower mid-table. Jordan Rhodes will score 13 leave. And I think also... What about Forest? Wouldn't it be nice to see their whole takeover? Because they were gloating at us, weren't they, when they got their takeover sorted? And um, mind you, they signed Cox, haven't they, for a couple of million pounds? How many? Two million pounds worth of Cox. <laughs> no, how many Cox have they signed? Two million. <laughs> Two million Cox. Just one, one big one. Um, so you saying you think Forest will go down? Because it'd, be, it'd be funny. As far as I was aware, we were still trying, waiting for me to pick my selections before you barged in, and I was about to say. So I said Peterborough, Wednesday, and Watford. And nobody's noticed that I've tipped them for promotion. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's actually listening, are they? It will be, really. um, I think Blackpool are going to go down. I think Holloway's going to be worse. Screw it. But you can't be offering your main striker 90 quid a week. Mm, They'll end true. up with worse than Painter. Unless so Blackpool is going down. Yeah, okay. that's true. I'm just going to pick teams I want to go down. That's that's fair enough, yeah. yeah. Um, Huddersfield, Hull, Millwall. Let's get rid of them. Okay. I think um, Blackburn. Oh. Yeah. I think Blackburn are going to go completely mental under the Venkies or into administration. Something stupid's going to happen there. Mm. Something really Good stupid. Call, actually. They yeah. have continued to spend money, which they probably don't have anymore. Yeah. Offering Danny Murphy loads of money. Portsmouth did the same and it's not gone especially well for them. <laughs> Wasn't Kewell linked to them as well? Talking yeah. of offering the, I'll tell you what, if Kewell goes there, I really hope they go down. I'm going to say... Yeah. And cease to exist. Forest, Blackburn and Ipswich, just because I've got no real idea. <laughs> <laughs> There was a there's a there's a good quote from Paul Jewell in this this evening post supplement I have in front of me. I'm frustrated as hell, as frustrated as everyone. I must have tried for twenty different players, but for different reasons it hasn't happened. So therefore that's not a bad shout, Ipswich. Mm. I just remembered that. One we don't have to record, but one that's worth considering. At what point will Jew from Wanker fall out beyond repair? Are we looking for a, a minute? <laughs> it's, you can you can use any sort of time scale you like, whatever you want your range to be. August is my prediction. Soon is my hope. His first sending off, which will probably be his first game. So however long it gets. August then. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope Becky will come through it unscathed. 
Right, enough of this uh, this flim flam. Right, he threatened to stab a teammate, and people are clapping him. Come on, maybe somebody made him angry. It was Anton Ferdinand. Um, so upcoming on Saturday, kicking off the season against Wolves, we've got Blackpool and Peterborough uh, before we record next. Let's talk about this briefly. Daunting starts the season against Wolves. Not going to be easy against Blackpool. Peterborough, we'd like to beat. Peterborough's when our season will really get started. <laughs> it's it's one of those, it's Leeds United tradition. We get a, a win, a loss, and a draw in the first three games. It's one of those things we've done many, many years, haven't we? Over the I don't think the win will come against Wolves. I think, it, I think it could be Wolves could be a really high scoring, terrible, terrible game of football because it's live on Sky. I can imagine them turning to uh, who will, perhaps they'll have Sean Dyke doing the punditry <laughs> and saying to him, Sean. Do we really think that we've got to look forward to a whole season of this? He's not and, working at the minute, Sean Dyche, is he? So he's, he's probably going to be drafted in as a... He yeah. is working yeah. as a pundit. Yeah. What, what would he say if... Uh... I don't know. I can only imagine. Oh, I'm sorry. We weren't going to bully him into <laughs> it. He just fast, do it. But I do, that's how it, I do think the game could have that kind of thing where there's going to be, you know, broadsheet newspapers declaring the end of football. Um, <laughs> it could be our Forest or Blackpool for this year. Yeah. We, no, we won't, have, we won't have one of those this year. We not? No. Warnock would, I think he'd have to commit Harry Carey if we lost 7-3 again. It's all very exciting. Let's see how it pans out. It would be um, exciting to watch. <laughs> first magazine of the season comes out against Wolves on Saturday. Um, let's quickly blast through some of the stuff that's in there. Moscow's written about the uh, the takeover, which he, he seems to believe has been completed. <laughs> Yes, it's it's. Uh, I, I wrote it uh, a couple of weeks ago um, <laughs> when I just happened to have all the information about the new owners uh, at my fingertips. Uh, there's quotes, there's quotes and photographs of Leeds United's uh, <laughs> fantastic new owner. No, there isn't really. I've 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 hedged my bets. The, just making the larger point. That I think we were discussing earlier that we've just got to ride straight through this. Um, and also, there's a bit of a, a, a hat off towards uh, Leeds United supporters trust who kind of have got themselves wrapped up in the whole takeover business and I think the fact that they've done a lot of other stuff in Leeds organising themselves for after the takeover is possibly more important than anything they've had to do with the takeover and we maybe if we get Gary Cooper on here we can um, we can throw him that absolute softball of a question <laughs> and let him tell us about it but so you can read a few pages about that by me it's also worth mentioning that we've drafted into the team and he's put in a sterling effort so far, Eamon Dolson, who is behind the House and His Now website to help us with the design. He's done some brilliant stuff in this issue. Internet's in- famous disco box. Yes, indeed. And he's done a four-page pullout of all Tony Eboa's goals and infographic, which is very nice indeed. doesn't make sense until you see it and then when you see it, you go, brilliant. Indeed. And we'll be selling him to a Norwich fanzine this time <laughs> next year. <laughs> also in there, there's a thing by Andy P., um, Arctic reviews on Twitter. John Helm is off his tits. Yes, it's more of a not to be taken literally, probably. It's more, well, not legally. No, <laughs> certainly, it's um, yeah, it reads more like a, a confession than a, um, anything else. It's difficult to describe. He he seemed uh, seemed to expect us not to run it. But, but it's um, about the baggy era, which, if you probably might be too young to remember, was about the time when Leeds went up uh, from this division last time in eighty nine ninety. Um, Acid House was rather large, but also the sort of Manchester baggy scene uh, fueled by many illegal chemicals. And he's talking about the scene that uh, that happened and unfolded in Leeds right at the time when Leeds got promoted. It's uh, it's certainly uh, worth casting your eyes over if you're a certain age and you can remember that era. It's or, or even if you just like reading about people feeling good. Indeed, yeah, that's that's a nice way to put it. Some bits in there about the eighties too. Uh, your review of the Promised Land, Moscow. Yeah, the play of uh, the book, 
that was on at the Carriage Works over the summer and was good and definitely worth thinking about and definitely worth writing about. So I did both and it's in the magazine. Excellent. And all the usual stuff in there. Uh, Michael and Ollie, you did the diary together? Yes, yes, we did. Childish and immature bits. Yeah. I've yep. lumped in with that, yeah. Uh, the last word is in there, your take on the Juve situation, Moscow, and also our new twist on the feature from last season, which we've shit-canned, called <laughs> We All Hate Leeds Scum. We've got rid of that, and we've replaced it with a similar sort of uh, preview of the games that are coming up, but we concentrate on heroes and villains, don't Can we? we come up with a name for it, yeah? Heroes and villains. <laughs> we used to go with that. What, why didn't you like Snog Marry Avoid? I thought that was good. I didn't see that. <laughs> we still got time to change it. No. Okay. Uh, so it'll be called Heroes and Villains. And, um, and it's should... about people we like and people we don't like associated with the clubs that are coming up. As predictably, Darren Ferguson features in the first one. We should mention as well that the Internet's Disco Box has done, as well as his Tony Yeboa graphic, he's done a uh, Robbie Rogers graphic as well, which yeah. I derived a great deal of enjoyment yeah, from. Yeah, it's subtitled One Man's Fight Against Medical Science, which I like very much indeed. And it's a, it's a beautiful infographic uh, and story about Robbie Rogers. Not all of it true, but it's, uh, it's humorous. It's humorous Are anyway. Are you suggesting the square ball's printing lies this season? Merely parody. Merely the parody. lying ball. Um, the square lie. Let's do the important sales pitch bit. Lie square ball. No, sorry. Uh, when can you buy this magazine and where? Uh, Stupidly was- early on Saturday. <laughs> because we've got an annoying early kickoff. Um, so I believe uh, Oddie and I will be at the ground from about Midnight. I'm going to have to say 10, which is going to make me want to cry. <laughs> Very early o'clock, we'll be there with the help of an army others. of willing volunteers. Well, an army of volunteers. Yeah. It'd be available from the external corners of Ellen Road um, and, of course, on the website. That's the squareball.net. And if you want to subscribe as well, you can get the uh, subscription packages. UK is 25 quid, Europe 33, rest of the world is 40. Um, all of those come with a digital subscription, which on its own is a tenner, gives you uh, access to the last three seasons' worth of issues, and the current issue for a tenner. Straight to your inbox, just like that. For a year of access, that's just <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. All that, and the blog, and all that sort of stuff, at thesquareball.net. And that's it for this one, isn't it? Yeah, we're, we're, we're back. We it's are back. to be back. Yeah. It, Next week it might be better. <laughs> so until the football comes. It, it's difficult to... Uh, I tried to watch some of the Olympics, Olympics football, and it, it just didn't really make any sense to me. And the charity shield as well, I was like... I, I actually missed the fact that that was on. I didn't even realise. By realize the way, it. friend hmm. of the podcast, Kevin Friend, yes, he was the referee at that bloody Community Shield. Why have they oh, let him do he... a big game? It's an absolute penis. Because <laughs> it didn't matter, really. <laughs> Indeed. Well, that's that from us for this podcast. We will be back in a fortnight and it will probably be better than this one. Do send us an email, podcast at thesquareball.net. You can tweet at the square ball on Twitter or you can grab us on Facebook. Have a look at facebook.com forward slash thesquareball and uh, bye from me, Michael. Goodbye. Moscow. Goodbye. And, and uh, cheers to Adam. We had a guest, remember? We did. Oh, we and had a guest. And you're being very impolite. Yes, and to our guest, Adam. Thank you very much. And Oddie. Goodbye. And we will speak to you again in a fortnight. So uh, we're never going to be this optimistic again about this season, are we? Probably so. Have I been optimistic? <laughs> we're going to have to re-record the whole thing. That's no, <laughs> not how we're meant to come across at all. Oh, dear. Speak to you again in a fortnight. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.